0: Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast with my parents, Clark and Bobby. We'll talk about the Bible and the Holy Spirit adventures. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us back in the studio. Clark and I are back in the book of 1 Corinthians, this time chapter 8. So glad that you're joining us. A lot's going on. So it's not a huge chapter. So we're just kind of going to march through it, but it is going to be really helpful as we kind of break down what's going on and what Paul's saying to the church in Corinth, but also what the word is for us too. Yeah. And Paul's going
1: to lay a foundation today that's going to really pertain to the next couple of chapters as well. Yeah, And so he begins and he says, Now about food sacrificed to idols, we know that we all possess knowledge but knowledge puffs up while love builds up. Hmm. Those who think they know something do not yet know as they ought to know. Yeah. But whoever loves God is known by God. So before diving into yeah. a pretty contentious topic here, Paul is making sure everybody's heart posture is in the right spot. Yeah, He's saying, hey, we're going to walk in humility. Mm-hmm. We're going to love God and be loved by God. Yeah. And from there, we're going to go forth. So just to clarify, if you are a biblical scholar and you've been studying... All the other times the Bible (laughs) talks about food. This is different from Romans 14 and 15. Here, Paul is Mm. talking specifically about food that is sacrificed to idols. Mm -hmm. And so this is different. There is a scholar named Ben Witherington who talks about how it's all about the venue, not the menu. Meaning... The food itself is not the problem. It's where are you when you're eating this food and how is it affecting everybody around you?
0: Yeah, and so necessary at this time and then for for us kind of in our cultural moment too. So let's Mm -hmm. continue. Verses 4 through 6 sound like this. So then, about eating food sacrificed to idols, we know that an idol is nothing at all in the world and that there is no God but one. For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is but one God, the Father, hmm. from whom all things came and from whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came and through whom we live. And so one thing to keep in mind here, so I love that you talked about Paul's um, initial conversation is actually like the heart posture of everyone. Because what's going on is there's so many new believers yeah. that are coming into the church. Which is a great thing. It's a really good thing. Yeah. But also we need to consider the context of what, where and what's happening with this conversation. And mm-hmm. so that's a big um, necessary part of... of what's going on. Because people coming into the church, they might associate the food that's being ate with these like specific idols or with a specific type of worship or with a god or goddess. And so Paul is going to try and help people understand that as we walk in humility together, our goal is that they would feel loved and invited in the community of God. Mm -hmm. Because really what we know, I love this because he's kind of quoting them when he says, Um, we know that quote, an idol is nothing at all in the world. And that quote, there is no God. So he's again, kind of getting at the heart issue here where he's saying, don't be a know-it-all. Like I get that we know this and I get that we understand, you know, our body, but there's new people coming in and we, real knowledge is actually being sensitive to those Mm -hmm. new people and what, and considering what they know or might not know and so that's kind of a good place to start And
1: some of them are coming from a polytheistic culture meaning they think there are many gods and there are many idols to many gods and we make many sacrifices Mm -hmm. and there's many prostitutes and this is just what you do yes and paul essentially quotes the shema here in a new testament form saying there's one god Mm -hmm. you know hero israel the lord our god the lord is one He's talking about the oneness of God here and their one true God. Mm-hmm. And what they're about to talk about really um, affects like this view and understanding mm-hmm. within the church. And so let's jump to verse 9. It says, Be careful now that as you exercise your rights, you don't become a stumbling block to the weak or yeah. to the newer Christian. For if someone with a weak conscience sees you, you know, eating food sacrificed to idols with all of your knowledge, eating in mm-hmm. the idol's temple... Won't that person be emboldened to eat what is sacrificed to idols? Mm -hmm. So what he's saying here is you don't want someone to come in and to see the Christian eating the food, which is whatever.
0: Right, which is technically permissible. Yeah, but
1: eating the food in the temple of this god or goddess. Right. They're going to think, oh, Oh. maybe maybe (laughs) I can follow Jesus and these other gods. Right. Or maybe following Jesus is compatible with these sacrificial idols. Yes. Or maybe I can do this and do all these other things that these people are doing. And yeah. then I mean, you open up that rabbit hole. Right. And you could go real deep. Well, there's all kinds of things people totally. can start thinking are compatible with Christianity. And this is not what Paul is saying. This is not loving to God. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely not loving to your neighbor because you're confusing them. Yeah. You're not helping them understand clearly what it means to be a disciple of Jesus and what it means to follow him. They're thinking something is acceptable and permissible and tolerated, maybe uh, celebrated. Totally. When actually it's not at all. So the way you conduct your life, do it in a way that represents Christians, even if it means inconveniencing yourself.
0: Yeah. And we'll get at some examples of what that means in
1: just a moment.
0: Yeah. So Paul continues to say, I love when in verses eleven, so this weak brother sister from whom Christ for whom Christ died is destroyed by your knowledge. When you sin against them in this way and wound their weak conscience, you sin against them. And so I just think about again, Paul's kind of talked about the theme of community throughout all of Corinthians. Yeah. So whether it's been, you know, sexual immorality or other divisive issues, now he's talking about food, which is so so poignant at the time, where he's saying, consider other people consider. So to us, like you're saying, it might just be like, I'm going to indulge in this moment. I'm celebrating. I'm entitled to do this, that, or the other thing. Where really your mentality in that moment is all about you. Where Paul is saying, consider other people, and, and this doesn't have to be people pleasing. It's not mm-hmm. saying like, oh, I'm just doing this so it looks like I'm doing the right thing before all these people. No, he's saying, consider what other people around you are, this, where, the, where their status is when it comes to knowledge and understanding. And would this be confusing? And if it is, don't do it. Yeah, Because Christ died for them. Also and yep. so it's one of those things where again when you bring up the bigger picture of what's going on, of course I think so many of us would say we submit and we want to do what's best for the body of Christ, what's best for ourselves, unto the Lord. We don't want to do something that's gonna be confusing. That's a like yeah. Pastor Ken uses that language all the time. Like don't let your Friday night confuse people on your Sunday morning and and that's biblical. That's yeah. what Paul's getting at.
1: The last verse here we'll read is verse thirteen. He says, If if what I eat then causes my brother and my mm-hmm. sister to fall into sin then I'll never eat meat yeah. again, so that won't cause them to fall. Basically, if we are distracting someone or right. pu- or, or pulling them away from the gospel, mm-hmm. then we need to stop whatever it is we're doing. Right. And so, just cultural translations today, like what does this totally. look like? Well, yeah. an obvious one is is alcohol. Yes. You might be able to drink yeah. and have one drink, maybe two drinks, and be completely sober sure. and unaffected and okay. That's how it is designed to to operate. However, the friend next to you might be a recovering alcoholic. Sure. They might not be able to have one drop before they spiral into uh, old ways of living and ungodly habits. Yeah. So is it your right to drink alcohol? Sure. You're, if you're over 21 and you can have right. a drink. Then you are have the right to do that. But what Paul is saying here is lay down your right for the well-being of your friend. Yeah. The same can be with um, the, the clothes you wear, the shoes you you you, you rock. Um, the yeah. car you drive, the music you listen to, where you spend your time. Here's a, another example. And it's not a perfect example, but there is a really charismatic guy I really love uh, in our community. And he has wealth and is able to really wear fun, cool, hip clothes. Sure. Well, naturally, the people want to be like the charisma, cool, hip guy. And so they're like, <laughs> hey, I'm, I want to wear you know, what, what he's wearing. Yeah. And so the people who don't have money mm-hmm. are spending money they don't have to look like this other guy, and this guy did nothing wrong. Yeah. He's actually being a good steward with his money. Yeah, Now there's people going into debt, causing them anxiety, now having to work a second job, and they're not at group and not at church. Why? Because they want to look like this dude. Yeah, And so there's this invitation for us to even be mindful of how am I presenting myself, and is it, and is it in a way that encourages my community, sure. uplifts my community. So whether it's your food or it's your drink or it's your phone or your car or the music you're listening to, right? Yeah. Are these things helping other people follow the Lord and become more like Him?
0: Yeah. I think right now, even in our culture, so not only there's a message that says, you know, you do you, you're entitled, mm-hmm. like you, that should be, like you get to do that. But also there's another message too that's out there that's like, um, you you can have a boundary with people and, you know, what they're doing. Well, I can't control what they're doing. I can only control what I'm doing. And so if they're, you know, perceiving something a certain way, well, then that's not my responsibility where Paul's saying, do every, don't you want people to enter into the kingdom? Do everything. Do Mm -hmm. everything in your power with how you live, with how you talk, with how you interact with your husband and wife, how you parent your kids with every piece of your life. Will you submit it to me so that your perception, your attitude, all of these things, it's just a fragrant offering unto Christ. Mm. So that way it's actually not a question about what's socially permitted, like what do I have to do? What do I not have to do? Even like psychologically, like what am I responsible for? Well, I'm not responsible for them and how they are perceiving me. You're right but unto the lord you are responsible. Yeah. So you're not responsible to them. But Paul's saying when we enter into a community of believers, we are responsible unto the lord, we are responsible to each other and that's how we walk together in community. So it's this kind of American like independent autonomous mindset that's just really not helpful when it comes to when it comes to these decisions where you know we feel like we're entitled to or we have the right to where we're saying no we Like you just said, no, we're going to submit that because I care about you and I love you. But also greater than that, I want to honor the Lord and I desire to walk in rightness with him. And I desire a community to walk together blamelessly and wholly uh, with him. And so that's that's a totally different shift in our minds that I think Paul's encouraging us to make. Yeah,
1: so 1 Corinthians chapter 8, like I said earlier, this is the foundation that we're going to stand on yeah. for the next couple of chapters it will help us make sense of it as we go. So God bless you. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you soon.
0: The Lord bless you and keep you. Don't make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His face towards you and give Him His peace. Have a great day.